Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you may be tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board again today. You're listening to Trash Talk with D Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. This is our first NFL pod for the season, so I'm excited to uh, to get things started here. Um, we're going to be talking about our best of the best from week six today. Um, as well as our time to take out the trash segment, which is which is always a bit of fun. There's a there's a big pile of trash this week, that's for sure. Um, we'll end the show with uh, with some of our best bets for week seven. We'll uh, we'll talk some NFL futures as well while we're at it to try and uh, try and pick some winners and, and stay alive this season. So let's get things started with our best of the best for week six. And uh, to be the best, you got to beat the best. The dogs were barking. In Cleveland, they were barking. That dog pound was, whew, that was vicious. They uh, they got the Niners in town. The Niners were ten point favorites to beat the beat the Cleveland Browns with PJ Walker starting at quarterback for the Browns this week, and he was serviceable without being great. Um, did have a key turnover late, but who doesn't when being pressured by Fred Warner, one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, but they held they held Brock Purdy to 125 for only one TD, which is a, a small little screen pass to, to CMC. Threw a pick, had three sacks. He really didn't look like himself this week, but that's what happens when you play uh, an elite defense like the Browns have got. But in saying that, you know, a big injury to CMC, an oblique injury at that, which he thinks he might be right to go by Monday, hopefully, for those of us that have CMC in their fantasy lineups. I think we all want him playing. Um, Debo also got hurt in that loss, which is no real report on him just yet. But that's a that's two huge, huge injuries for for the Niners who were flying going into that week. Like, I think a lot of people had already penciled them in as you know they're making the Super Bowl, they run the NFC, this is it. Now, you know, would they have had the Browns beat if CMC and Debo stay on the field? Probably. They still had a chance to win the game. You know, Purdy, as poor as he kind of played, um, still put him in a position to win that game. Unfortunately, Moody missing the field goal late in the game. He missed a couple in the game, actually, as well. Um, for someone who's been... He was lights out start the season. I think it was about 9 of 9 going into that game. So um, they still had a chance to win. I don't think the Niners are stressing too much about this one. Um, it's good to be tested, though. They needed that. Maybe it could be a bit of a wake-up call for them too. So just shows how good that Miami Dolphins team from so, so many years ago to uh, to be the only team that's forever gone undefeated in the league. It's uh, it's an impressive one. Which brings us to the Miami Dolphins right now, actually. Uh, fins up, as they say. This team is on a roll. Uh, they were they trailed early in this one against Carolina. They were down 14-zip. I know beating Carolina's not... Super impressive. Everyone's done it so far this season, but it's just the way they do it. I think a lot of teams, when they go down that early, especially you know 14 zip, probably panic a little bit. This Miami team just never even flinched, really. Um, two are through for 262 and three TDs. Um, Raheem Mostert, who seemingly was back to his Niners form in terms of how he was just able to run it down their throat. and I mean, everyone's just running for days on this Miami team. You know, that Devon Archain and he was he was motoring, you bring in most it now. You know, Jeff Wilson backs him up. I don't think it would matter who's who's coming in running the ball for Miami. They're just they're fine. Um and outside of that, you know, Tyreek Hill who's 
favourite to win the Offensive Player of the Year, and it's hard to see how he doesn't win it at this point because, like Jamar Chase said, he's always open. Looks like Tyreek's always open too. <laughs> he's, the, he's probably one of the fastest men in the in the world right now. He went for 163 with one touchdown and one of the all-time celebrations with backflipping with uh with old mate's phone in the end zone. That was that was pretty cool. Um, but the Dolphins end up winning 42 to 21, and it sets up a huge, huge matchup with with Philly on uh, Sunday Night Football. It's going to be awesome to watch. Game could have some points, but we'll touch on that a little bit later on. And, well, talking of Cinderella's, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. What a win. What a win. Philly went into that match as the only undefeated team left after the Niners got beat, and, I mean, the Jets really just dog-walked them in this one. They... Their defense finally, like, we've been waiting all season for this Jets defense. It was highly talked about all offseason, and they showed up in this one, uh, especially without Source Gardner. I think as soon as he pulled out, everyone's like, ah, Jalen will just throw all over him. AJ Brown's going to have 150. Devontae's going to have 100, and this is just going to be another wrap. Philly's going to be 6-0, and we'll be we'll be heading into that Sunday night football match um, with Philly riding high, but completely opposite. Um, the Jets held Philly to 14 points uh, as a season low. As well as obviously being their first first loss for the season, Jalen Hurts threw three picks, got sacked a couple of times. Um, I think losing Lane Johnson was just a big, big loss for this team, and they weren't able to establish, um, you know, their superior run game that they've really had all all season long with with DeAndre Swift, the other Swift that seemingly is forgotten about because um, there's another Swift that gets mentioned a lot in the NFL circle now. But that's uh, <laughs> that's another story for another time. Um, these Jets, they've They've defied logic to a certain degree. I mean, uh, coming into this season, obviously having Aaron Rodgers coming in, I think a lot of a lot of people had penciled this team in for you know the playoffs at the very least. Uh, they're in a very tough division, obviously, with the Bills and the Dolphins. The Patriots were good, but they're no longer good anymore. Um, this team's wins have been very impressive this season. You know, A Rod goes down in the first couple of plays against the Bills, and the Jets somehow managed to still win that game. Um, Obviously defeated Philly over the weekend. They almost knocked off KC um, in in a primetime match for us there on Sunday Night Football. And then, you know, they beat Denver away from home. And Denver obviously aren't good, I'll say that. But it was a that was an emotional game because of all we've heard about Nathaniel Hackett coming into the offseason, that he did a horrific job at Denver. You know, Sean Payton talked about it and that was... <laughs> It was pure gold to see them walk out of walked out of a victory there with in Denver and kind of send Sean Payton with his tail between his legs. Um, but yeah, the Jets the Jets look great. They get a bye coming in this week. They're three and three. You know, you ask a lot of Jets fans after Aaron Rodgers went down if they'd be happy with three and three, and I think they'd be definitely taking that one. So well played to the Jets. Um, I want to make a special mention to the Detroit Lions uh, in a little preview we had before this show we asked could this team win a Super Bowl this year and why not why not <laughs> they're 5-1 and one. their only loss was to the Seattle Seahawks in, in overtime probably should have won that and there was a, a couple of calls that went against them late um, they had a big win week one in Kansas City uh, their defense is just on point. They've completely flipped, flipped the script on how how they went about things for you know a couple of years. They've always kind of had that. They've always had the offensive power, but they never really were able to stop anyone. They'd be you know in 
they'd be scoring 35 points in a game and getting beat 38, 35 or whatever. So they seemingly have flipped that now with drafting Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Anzalone's just flying all over the place on defense. Got a great corner in CJGJ. There's something special going on in Detroit, and I think the city of Detroit's been waiting for this for so long because they had... You know, they had Stafford and Megatron, who they were always good, but they were just never able to get over the hump to the next level. Um, they obviously had the Pistons when the Pistons were great uh, with, you know, Chauncey and Ben Wallace and whatnot. Uh, the Red Wings had a time where they were on fire and winning Stanley Cups and whatnot, but the Lions have just never had that moment in the sun, and I feel like they are, they're clearly the best team in Detroit now. Um, they run the NFC North now that Aaron Rodgers is out of town in Green Bay and they have the potential to run the NFC North for many, many years to come. So they're on point. They're definitely making the playoffs this year. They're winning the NFC North and they are every chance of making the Super Bowl this year. I have full confidence in this team and I didn't think I'd ever really be saying that. Um, But they're just so much fun to watch and they're so well coached. Dan Campbell, you know... (laughs) How can't you love the guy? Motor City down, man. He's got the boys going. He really does. It, they're, they're a joy to watch. Jared, Jared Goff's back to his you know Super Bowl form that he that he was playing with at the Rams. Um, they've got a running game with Monty. He obviously went down last week, which is a which is a kind of big blow. But they should be able to get Jameer Gibbs back pretty soon. But it it almost it seems like whoever whoever they bring in, like Reynolds came in at running back last week once Monty went down and the block that he laid on for Amonra was phenomenal. Um, Jameson Williams coming back from his suspension, got a big-time TD. They walked into Tampa with everyone expecting, you know, Baker and Godwin and Evans just to kind of go nuts on them, and they didn't. The Lions got it done. They're 5-1. and one. They got a huge matchup this weekend in, in Baltimore, uh, which will be a great game, and especially the way that, you know, Baltimore are coming back from... From London, they could be a little bit flat, but again, it's one of those uh, one of those things that we're going to hit on a little later. And that is our best of the best for week six wrapped up, and that will lead us to it's time to take out the trash. Uh, it looks like trucks here. We got plenty of trash to take out this week. It's in week six. Um, yeah, there were some bad performances. So let's start off. Start off in Kansas City where they they hosted the Denver Broncos. And my goodness, this Denver team is just bad. Um, I know the the Kansas City defense is is getting a lot better. Well, it's probably probably the best they've had for quite some time now. But boy, oh boy. Russell Wilson threw for 95 yards, two picks. Let Russ cook, as they say. I don't know what he's cooking, but uh, he ain't cooking up anything good. <laughs> They're just so, so bad, and they have invested a lot of time and money into Russ. they obviously got a new coach with Sean Payton, but, yeah, they're, they're abysmal right now. They had a, an extremely good defense last year, and I remember there was a stat that was going around saying, you know, if they scored you know, 17 or 18 points, whatever it was, they'd be, uh, they'd have, you know, 10 plus wins or 11 plus wins. Um, it, it's almost like their defense has given up on them this year too. So I kind of feel like they carried them for so much last year and put up with Russ, and now it's just they've, they've all kind of turned their backs on them, and they look awful. And it doesn't seem like it's going to turn around anytime soon for Denver. Especially when you're in, you're in a division 
in the AFC West where you've got to contend with Patrick Mahomes twice a year. You got to play Justin Herbert twice a year, um, and to a I guess a lesser degree, you play Vegas. And as long as they got Devontae Adams, he's going to cook whoever Denver have <laughs> ready to go for him. So yeah, Denver's in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot of trouble. So. Good luck to them for the rest of the year. They'll be in the Caleb Williams Bowl soon enough. I think a lot of Denver fans are probably hoping that. (laughs) Um, A lot of you probably don't know, but I am a Tennessee Titans fan, and I am taking my team out to the trash this week. When... Okay. When your best option is your running back playing quarterback, that's a problem. Because we actually look at our best when Derrick Henry's just taking a snap out of the Wildcat and he's off to the races. That's when we look our best. And that is so concerning right now. It really is. Um, Tannehill got hurt in that loss to the Baltimore Ravens on the road in London. Uh, I guess it was our home game, but whatever. We still took it away into London and we looked terrible. Even when Tannehill was on the field, I know our offensive line is a is a bit of a shambles right now. But Tannehill's uh, distribution of the ball it just wasn't all that. He found DeAndre Hopkins last week a lot, and then completely brushed him this week when he was on the field uh, against a suspect Ravens secondary. It just yeah, it wasn't good. It really wasn't good to watch. But you know what? And what's your answer? You know, if Tannehill can't play, your two options are. Malik Willis and Will Levis. Like that's that's not it. But unfortunately, the only problem is now is that even when Tannehill comes back, I don't know how many games he's going he's gonna to miss. They're not bad enough to get into that Caleb Williams bowl, if you want to call it that. They're really not. They'll win enough games to probably go close enough to 500 or potentially even make the playoffs because they're in a pretty weak division with you know Jacksonville obviously being, the I guess, the pinnacle of, of the AFC South. And I never thought I'd say that, but they, they clearly are. They've got a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. You look at the Houston Texans, they're playing so much better than anyone else this year and probably deserve to be in the best of the best segment. With CJ Stroud, who is lights out and probably will win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. And then you you look at the Colts, who drafted Anthony Richardson. Um, obviously, he's out for the rest of the year now, but they've got their guy. I think you've seen enough from him to know that he's going to be a guy of the future there. And that's three young guys in the division with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill... Got us to the one of the big games in 2019. Yeah, pretty unlucky. Oh, 2020, I should say. Um, pretty unlucky not to beat Kansas City there. And then in 2021, when we we had our team, we had that AJ Brown guy who's one of the worst trades of all time to the Philadelphia Eagles, and he threw three picks in a game where we sacked Joe Burrow nine times. You, you just simply can't lose those games. That should have been a Super Bowl year, and it wasn't. And now you you look at this team now and. <laughs> I'm laughing if this team could ever make a Super Bowl, to be honest with you. There, there needs to be a blow-up. We need to obviously keep Braves as a coach, but, yeah, it, we could be in a in a transition phase. Will I watch every week? Yes. But will I be taking them out to the trash most weeks? Probably. <laughs> now, let's hit on another team who has some potential and are probably letting themselves down in another extremely weak division, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I don't know how much longer they're going to persist with Desmond Ritter, my boy Marcus Mariota got shafted for far less than this. Um, Ritter had a great game. Ritter had a, his best passing game probably of his career. I know he's only young, threw for 307 and two touchdowns, but 
through three awful picks in a home loss to the Washington Commanders, and they're just games that you have to win. You do. Um, the team should be at, at the very least four and two. They're three and three at the moment. Chance to be you know five and one, but for whatever reason they keep going away from Bijan, who is a once in a lifetime running back. Great in the passing game as well, and they persist with you know, Tyler Algier, who you know he can be good on the ground, but go with your best. You've got Bijan, you've got Kyle Pitts, who people seem to forget he's ever even on this Atlanta team. <laughs> I think Kyle Pitts' fantasy owners also are <laughs> hating on the fact that they never get in the ball. Drake London's a guy, but this is a team that should probably coast that NFC South title. But you know now they're they're almost in like a, a three horse race with with Tampa and um, New Orleans, who are also average. Like, there's going to be a very average team from the NFC South making making the playoffs. And the Atlanta Falcons can be that team. They can also probably win a first-round playoff game at home. You know, this is a team that's been starved of, of playoff success for years ever since they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. And that was a bad day at the office. Um, that's, that's enough of the Falcons, anyway. I, I, you need... Taylor Heineke to come in this game. I don't, I don't know how long Desmond Ritter's leash is, but we know what Taylor Heineke can do. We saw what he could do in Washington, and he needs to be that guy to to lead the way for the rest of the season if if Ritter has another shocker. Speaking of shockers, <laughs> that team that was probably for a good twenty years um, uh, spiraling out of control at the moment, and that is the New England Patriots. Bye bye Mac. Um, Goodness me, it, he seems broken, the poor kid. Um, you, you, at, at this point, you've just got to, kind of got to take him out and see what Molly Cunningham has got. Um, Mac threw, threw one pick, got sacked three times. He took a safety to end the game. That was probably the worst of the lot when they actually had a chance to you know, go down and win the game down by two. Um, and for anyone that was on the Patriots, plus three. Um, ouch. It's a tough way to lose. Um, but you've got to see what Malik has. He's clearly an athlete, and that's the way that the league is moving to these days, a guy that can move around in the pocket. You've got to be mobile. Mac isn't that. He's a, you know, he, I think what the Patriots thought when they drafted him, that he was just going to be Tom Brady 2.0, a great pocket passer and ready to go. But he hasn't. It definitely hasn't been this year. Um, you can make an argument for him that they really don't have any weapons at all. Um, they probably could have re-signed Jacoby Myers, but instead they went after Juju and... You know, it's bad juju all around for for the New England Patriots because they look horrendous, um, and they're in a tough spot as well. Whether or not they can, I guess, lose enough games to fall into that Caleb Williams bowl as well, I'm not too sure. But I think you've you've at least got to bench him for a couple of weeks just to you know get him right, get Malik Cunningham out there. If he's no good, then you go back to Mac. But I don't think you can just keep wheeling him out and them just getting beat up every week still and his confidence no good whatsoever uh, speaking of bad another team who was good to finish the year last year but they really are not this year is the New York Giants um, they were without Daniel Jones this week in Buffalo 16 point favourites they, they covered easily in fact probably should have won but the play calling throw the play sheet out in the trash because the rush right on half time with 11 seconds left, no timeouts. Like, what are you doing? You could have had three shots at the end zone there with Tyrod. Play him in shotgun. Yeah, three shots at the end zone. Oh, didn't get it. Sweet. We'll kick a field goal now. That's fine. You come away with nothing. It's really the difference in the game when you think about it. And then late in the game, in the fourth, you kick a field goal on fourth and inches. 
How'd you get down the field in the first place? Saquon Barkley ran all over him. Where's Saquon when you had? Where's Saquon Barkley when you had it on fourth and inches on the bench? Like what? Like what are you doing? You've got a chance to to win a football game in Buffalo. Kick them while they're down because Buffalo seem to play to the level of their competition, and it's doing them no good whatsoever. Um, they definitely don't look like that. You know, team that's has the third or fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl. I don't really understand that at all. Um, they they don't look like they're it at all, Buffalo. They seem like they've got a lot of a lot of dramas, especially in the run game with with Cook and and Murray. Josh Allen doesn't look like himself at the moment. Him and Diggs still seem like they're they're bickering on the sidelines. So they've they've got some issues there in Buffalo. I would not want to be anywhere near them. Um, but going back to back to the Giants, uh, they had much higher hopes this season. They paid Daniel Jones a lot of money, and it is not working for him at all. So, yeah, um, I've, I've only got one plea to the NFL, and that is to stop putting this team on prime time because we've seen enough. Enough's enough. Get them off my screen. Flex some games out of there. I, I don't need to see them anymore, nor does the rest of the world. All right, well, that's that's enough trash to take out for, for one week. Uh, it's time for some of our best bets for week seven. That's right, Jerry. Show me the money. That'd be nice this week, wouldn't it? Uh, tough week last week, week six. Um, but let's see what we can do week seven. Talked about Detroit a lot already this week. Um, they head to Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore coming back from London. You can see them coming out a little bit flat to start this game. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning towards the under 42 in this contest. You get two extremely good... Defensive football teams here, uh, both both pretty run heavy. At least Detroit were with Monty. Um, Baltimore definitely are very run heavy. So you can see a pretty close contest in this one, probably around like a twenty-one to seventeen score. So not saying which team I'm leaning with there, but yeah, we're leaning towards the under under forty-two in that one. Um, next, we're going to head out west. We'll go to Seattle. Seattle play host to Arizona now. Let's be honest, some weeks you never know what you're going to get from either team, but this is a division matchup, uh, which has been pretty funky over the last few years. Arizona gives Seattle a lot of problems, uh, and I think they will again in this one. Uh, they're, they're going to be able to put up some points. They'll probably leak some as well. Uh, Gino's got a lot to prove after last week. Probably ditto Dobbs as well at the same time. He wasn't really too good against the Rams, so he'll be looking for a bit of bit of retribution there. So we're going to go with the over 44.5 in this contest. Uh, and then our last one. I mean, primetime football games have just been bad this season, but I tell you right now, if this one's not entertaining, then you may as well just give it up betting on primetime football games. Philly, Miami. Miami have been the best offensive football team by a long way this season and can have shown they've been able to leak some points as well. Uh, Philly, on the other hand, I feel they've slowed things down a little bit this season, tried to play a bit more controlled, but I think when you play a team like Miami who are going to put up points, especially on a suspect Philly secondary, you're going to have to go with them. So we're going with the over 52 in this contest, and those are the best three bets for week seven. As always, we'll be uh, we'll be keeping track of all these bets as well for record purposes. So uh, he's hoping we all have a little bit of a little bit of a payday in week seven. That'd be nice. Um, let's look ahead to some futures though. 
I think we mentioned it before how good this Miami offense is, and it's hard to go past Tyree Kill for Offensive Player of the Year. He's currently two dollars fifty or plus two plus one fifty, however you want to read it. Uh, he's just been off the charts this year, and like I said, he's the fastest human in the world. So I think his season is going to keep trending that way, keep going upwards. He's going to keep bringing in yards, and this award has belonged to wide receivers for quite some time now. So I feel like he's going to be getting that. Um, defensive player of the year is a little bit tough, but we're going with probably two of the best defenses who actually just played each other over the weekend. Miles Garrett, you're sitting at around that plus $304 mark. And Fred Warner, for a little bit more value, you're looking at $12 or the plus $1,200 mark for him. Uh, I think that's probably the value spot there. And with that award, um, I think there'll be a couple of Pittsburgh Steelers fans that'll be wondering why I didn't take TJ Watt. But uh, for this week, we're going with Miles. <laughs> Uh, mentioned Detroit a lot earlier uh, in this pod if they're a chance to win the Super Bowl yes get it now before this price probably moves in the opposite direction you're looking at you know the 15, 15 to 1 mark for them uh, to win the Super Bowl or a nice little plus 550 to win the NFC if you you know think they'll get there and may not win the Super Bowl uh, I, I think this team can get this done this year and I'm They'll probably be hoping that they can have San Fran and Philly match up with each other in the uh, game before the NFC title, especially if Detroit keep trending upwards and can somehow snag that number one overall seed, get those two to play in a 2-3 game, and then you eliminate one of them. You've only got to beat one to heading into the Super Bowl. So that'll be in Detroit's best interest to to get that done. And i got two season wins markets. If you're a season wins fan in the NFL... Sticking with Detroit again, obviously, the uh, the over 11.5 season wins. They've got a pretty favorable schedule. They're in a very, very bad division. It could almost begin to a point, once they start playing Minnesota late in the season, that Kirk Cousins may not even be playing. Um, potentially the same deal with JJ, given his injury issues uh, to start the year. Uh, if they're out of the out of the picture, I feel like Minnesota could start laying some eggs. So, uh, Detroit, they get, they get the over 11.5 as a chance. I think I've got them in for about 13 wins this season. Um, along with that... Another team that you know we mentioned in taking out the trash, but I feel like they're going to make some changes and they'll start trending upwards, is the Atlanta Falcons taking the over 8.5 wins for them. They get it right. They're too good to to keep floundering away at this 500 mark, so they'll, um, they'll start to get some wins. And I think they're the, uh, the two best season win bets so far on offer after week six. Yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun talking some NFL football. Uh, I'm happy to do it all again next week with you if you're uh, happy to come on board. Opening up the DMs and whatnot, if you've got any questions or requests, send them through. For now, this has been Trash Talk with D Bork. I'm out.